welcome back to the She Abides podcast. I'm Denise, your host. And on this episode, I introduce you to my sister, Tashika Saunders, who shares of her struggles with insecurity and low self-esteem. She also shares how she overcame those issues with the help of a big God to become the amazing entrepreneur, designer, and gospel recording artist that she is today. As I reflected on my conversation with Shika, one thing stood out to me. She experienced church hurt at a very young age. We have seen how church hurt has impacted adults, but have we considered what it can do to our youth and young adults? We have to be vigilant in watching and praying and speaking on their behalf because they never speak about it when it's happening. I know I will be more aware because it does take a village. Will you? Links to connect with Shika and all of the amazing things that she's doing will be posted in the podcast description. Blessings upon blessings. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to She Abides Podcast. Today's guest is Tashika Saunders. As an evolving entrepreneur, designer, gospel recording artist, and business mentor, Tashika seeks to empower the lives of men and women around the globe with a message of hope, endurance, and self-confidence. Raised by her single mother, Shika has seen the struggles and hardships that life brings, but blessed to experience a big God who provided, restored, and healed. Her message is one that promotes the inner woman and propels her to believe that she is peculiar. She radiates with intelligence, wisdom, endurance, and beauty. She believes that each woman offers an anointing unlike the next, an oil the world needs to see and feel. She aspires to write her signature on the earth and infect the world with God's love through singing, teaching, believing, and empowering others. Welcome to Shika. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Of course, of course. So I have to tell everyone before we get started um, that you are my sister who I have grown to love and I think we have, I think we've known each other for a year and a half now. It hasn't been as long. Like it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a year because it was like before COVID, like right before COVID. Oh, wow. And yeah. I didn't I know, know it was that long. It just runs together now, it right? Does. So, <laughs> so um, we've not known each other that long, but we have done some amazing work together in impacting the kingdom. Yes. Um, and I am just so thankful that God has connected us. Um, I, I look back and I can't even think about when you wasn't there. So I am just so, so blessed to call you friend and sister. Um, so thank you so much for everything. Um, we have not met in person, but that is going to change. We have a date set for next month to be able to spend some time and fellowship together and pour into each other because we've been pouring into a lot of women, um, kingdom women, and I'm just so excited, but we need to just kind of pour into each other. So I am so excited about our plans to get together next month. Um, and for what God's going to do in our life, right? Absolutely. So 
Um, so before we get started, I like to kind of do a little icebreaker question. So tell me what's your favorite scripture and why? Um, off the top of my dome, one is um, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, which we know is Philippians 4 and 13. Um, and I love that scripture. I have a few, but I love that scripture. Um, and I'll go a little bit into this when we talk about what we're going to talk about today. But I love that scripture because it really lets me know that there is absolutely nothing that's too hard for God. And we have, we talk about this big God, right? And it's, mm -hmm. it's not that I can do all these things on my own, but because I have this big God that lives inside of me that let, lets me know that I'm not limited to doing anything. It says that I can do all things. That means there's no limits. There's no boundaries. There's no cap. And so, um, knowing that that's what gives me like the strength to like every day wake up and be the the great me you know and so I would say that's probably one of my faves for sure yes it's a good one it's a good one <laughs> mm -hmm. so um so today we're going to talk about some insecurities and low self-esteem that you kind of faced um on this amazing journey that we are on in abiding in Christ. So tell us a little bit about that. So um, my background, I grew up, um, you kind of talked about that in when you were reading my bio. Um, I grew up with just a single parent, my mom, she raised me and my my sister. And um, I think where those insecurities set in was the fact that I did not have that manly figure um, in my life to kind of tell me or father figure to tell me you're beautiful to tell me um, you know you can do anything you want to do um, thankfully my mom my mom actually gave her life to Jesus um, when I was a little girl um, so all my life I've spent in church like I don't know anything else but church and God like that's all I know um, mm -hmm. and I think just not having that father there um, in, in the sense of a human form to tell me all of these amazing, incredible things about myself. Um, when I went through like my first relationship, oh my God, I was so heartbroken. Like I went through moments of depression um, and I was only, I was 14 years old. There were days I thought I was in love then. I, there mm -hmm. were days I woke up, <laughs> I didn't want to go to school. Um, there were days that I would be at school and be so sad. Like I would call my mom to tell her like, I need to, I want to come home. I can remember coming home and like going right to sleep um every day I got home and just praying like my prayer was God like don't let me wake up I wasn't bold enough like to take a pill or to like slit my wrist right. or nothing like that but you know I would just be like God don't I just don't want to wake up I felt I was just so heartbroken and I was so just not even knowing like who I was even though I had grew up in church and I and I like really had been in God's word like I really like really liked God's word but when it came to that moment of vulnerability and pain it was a pain that I did not think that I could come out of I, I was a pain that I didn't feel like I should have to go through and I thought the best place for me to be was not here um and so I think you know just and, and then too with my mom 
my mom struggled a lot. Like we moved from place to place. We didn't always have like a, a, a place we could call home. We lived with a lot of other people. We lived with people from our church. We lived with family members. We, one time we lived at the Salvation Army. Um, so even in school, like I didn't have the best clothes or the best shoes or um, the best looks. And I think, you know, when you grow up and you don't have all of the things that maybe other kids are afforded to have, that insecurity sets in. Um, I grew up, one of my biggest insecurities, I think growing up was the fact that I've always had short hair, like really short hair. And you would see these other girls that had long hair or they had decent hair, but like my hair, like wouldn't even like come to my, I don't know, my, my cheekbone, <laughs> you know? So it's like, you know, I've, I had that insecurity in school being called chicken and being called like different names and things. And so a lot of just insecurity just set in. And I really, um, I really didn't know who I was. Um, so but let me ask you a question. Did you, um, well, one of the things you said is so amazing, right? When you said you didn't have that male um, figure to say to you, you're beautiful, you can be anything. Um, I, I did, my dad was, all of those things for me. I mean, all of them. Like he always said to me, you're going to be something special. You're going to be something special. Like always. And it really did push me. And I think sometimes we say that about boys, right? Like boys need to have men in their lives to show them, but girls need their men too for that. Um, but was this something that you ever talked to your mom about? Or did you oh, kind of deal with that on your own? No, absolutely. Um, I absolutely talked to my mom about it. My mom was very, you know, encouraging, very, but I, I don't know, it's different coming from a, a woman than coming from a man. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, like moms, they're very nurturing, but it's like dads have this ability to impart something in you that like, you just hold yeah. on to you know what I'm saying like and so even I will say this even though I did not have a a manly figure in my home um God did give me he gave me an amazing spiritual father um mm -hmm. bishop and pastor who is my pastor today bishop John and Gray I absolutely love him um he's been very instrumental in the woman that I am today um he also gave me a godfather um about when I was mm, I'm gonna say probably maybe like nine or ten my sister had you know adopted these people to be her godparents and so I was like well they're gonna be my godparents too so God <laughs> did <laughs> God did along the way give me godly men figures from my church to kind of be that um, inspiration for me. Um, so like when I went through my first breakup, you know, I remember talking to my godfather about it, but I, I think still it wasn't. It, it, it was just not the same as having mm -hmm. your dad there that, you know, I could always go to him and cry, cry on him. But my, my godfather too, was a very, um, 
uh, just strong, strict kind of thing. Like, what you over mm-hmm. there crying for, girl? Wipe them tears. Like, <laughs> she's beautiful for that. You know what I'm saying? And my godfather is that type of person. So he's not, he wasn't as um, sympathetic or empathetic, I should say, because it's like, look, you got too much ahead of you to be worried about some boy, you know? Um, right. So just, I think... I am grateful, like I said, that I did have, you know, those men to kind of come along. But my mom, she was very, was very, uh, tried to do as as much as she could, but it just wasn't the same. And I will say, I will say this as well. Um, My mother, and it may be because she had dealt with some of that same type of hurt of herself, herself, she wasn't as open to share. Mm -hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the things where we kind of hinder um, other generations from going forward or, or overcoming things maybe quicker um, if we would be open to sharing and being honest and transparent about our stories, because that's why God gave them to us. He said that we overcome, you know, by the word of our testimonies. And a lot of times when we are not Oh, when we're not testifying or telling people our truth, then we're hindering somebody else from overcoming. And like now I even have those conversations with my mom. Like she's she's having these conversations with her grandkids when they're broken. Right. They go through relationships. I'm like, why you didn't tell me that? I might wouldn't have went through that. Or I might would have, you know, it's like, I don't know. I guess I didn't think about it then, you know? Yeah, but, no, it's um, not. It's not something that we talk about. And I think culturally too, that's, right. that's a struggle, right? So- mm-hmm. I'm 40 years old. My mom and I were just in Puerto Rico together and she shared a story with me. And I said to her, I never knew that. Why didn't you ever say that? Because if we had had this conversation, it would explain a lot of things. And um, she was like, I don't know. It just was something that never came up. Oh, there was lots of times that could have come up, right? But just culturally, that's just not something that that they did. And I think our generation is breaking that. And the next generation, they're so open. And they talk about, like, even for me, I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. You know, I would have never told my mom and dad that when my boys come. But I'm thankful for that, right? Absolutely. because you're right, that's how we break these generational curses. We talk about them. And so we're more aware and we're more vigilant, I think, at looking at those things. So tell me, um, what was the starting point of the turnaround for you in feeling you know, secure? Well, first, as a recording artist, who is amazing, Aww, um, thank you. I'm, I'm sure that there was some struggles in that process. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Talk a little bit about that. (laughs) And then we'll get to how you, you kind of work through that. Absolutely. So, um, as I stated, I grew up in church my entire life, right? And Mm -hmm. we love church people, but church people can always, can sometimes too be our like worst critic. Um, mm-hmm. or the people that condemn us the most when they should be the ones that encourage us or uplift us um, the most. Um, so growing up in church, I started singing from a little girl. I've been singing since three years old. And I can remember growing up, like just certain things that were said to me, like say for instance, I sung a song, right? And I'm young. I've never gone through any like train formal trainings or anything like Mm -hmm. that so I sing what I hear I sing what I know um and I am a soprano so usually I want to sing everything high you know everything Mm. has to be high (laughs) so um (laughs) I can remember like you know I can remember like singing songs 
And I can remember like some people who were, I guess, like had done music longer or, you know, they were older than me, of course. Like we say things like, why did you sing that song that high? Like after church, they'll be like, why did you sing that song that high? like I don't know but like I that's how I felt it like you should have sung that song like um two octaves lower like that was just too high or um you're off or I mean just like mean Mm -hmm. stuff like just stuff that wasn't edifying um and it was never like nothing was ever like oh you did a good job today keep singing like I never I, I cannot remember hearing that much at all, especially from the people that you looked up to. You may have gotten it from like the congregation because like the congregation and the members, they loved me. But when it when it came to like the people that were actually doing the music, I didn't hear too many good jobs. I didn't hear too many, you know, you're amazing, you're awesome, keep going. I didn't get too many of that from them. And I can remember, actually, I think I was 16 years old. And I remember um, there was something that was said to me and I remember I went home and I was like, God, I don't want to sing no more. Like you can take this away. I don't want to sing no more. I I just don't want to do it. And I think back then I was really like, I knew that my sound wasn't like everybody else's sound. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes, I might sing a little offer. Like, I like a lot of off notes. Like, that's jazz. Like, if you listen to jazz and stuff, like, you'll hear a lot of off notes or notes that don't necessarily fit. Where those are the notes that I like. And a lot of times, too, in traditional music, you're expected to sing a certain way where I'm like, I don't want to sing it like that. You know, it might be Mm -hmm. like that, but I want to add this to it or add that to it. And so I think not really knowing who I was um, as a singer, now I'm an artist, but back then just becoming into being who I was, I wasn't confident of it. And so I looked to the people who I thought knew, um, to kind of lead me, but instead of them leading me um, or preparing a way for me, it was more discouragement than it was encouragement, you know? And I think um, mm-hmm. now, um, I'll, I don't know if you want me to move into how I overcame, but yeah. Well, so let me just ask you a question about that real quick. So you were young, you were young, mm-hmm. but let's say that if you had known who you were in Christ, do you think you would have internalized that as much? I mean, at, at 16, right, we're all still figuring it out. I mean, at 40, we're still figuring it out, mm-hmm. right? I think it's just, but I think, um, you know, when people say things about me now, I, you know, I'm just like, I take it with the grain of salt. Right. I do do a, a reflection, like, am I, am I putting this out or is this, is this a me problem or is that a them problem? Right. Right. Um, but at 16, I would not have done that. I do that right. now, but I wouldn't have done it then. But let's say now, um, do you think knowing who you are in Christ makes a difference in that? Oh, absolutely. You- oh, absolutely. Because now I don't need your, you did a good job. Right. <laughs> my daddy right. is pleased with me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or I'm pleased with what I did. So whether you gave me a good job, a pat on the back, a like, a comment, a follow, as long as my daddy is pleased, mm-hmm. um, I'm happy. So so back then, I will say, though, I will say this. It all circles back to that little girl who mm-hmm. already felt rejected. 
You know what I'm saying? Right. That little girl who already dealt with insecurity. Um, and so now it's just layer. So she already doesn't know who she is because she didn't have a father to, to, to tell her these things or whatever. And now she goes through this breakup and that makes her feel even worse. And now you got church people right. who's supposed to love you and encourage you um, say that you need to do better or blah, 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 blah. And so it was just layers and layers of rejection and disappointment and, and whatever. So I, I won't necessarily say, you know, people were all to blame. It was just that this was the, this was, I guess, you know, the path or whatever that I was given. And I had to work through all of that um, to become the person who I am today. But if I had no, known who I was, absolutely. That stuff would have just rolled down my back like water. <laughs> right. But that's part of something that you've said to me before. And it just, stuck with me when you said, you know, the pain is part of the process. And we don't like Absolutely. to think about the pain being part of the process that we have to go through or that we go through to get where we need to go. So Absolutely. talk about, so tell us how you kind of started working through that and what you did to kind of overcome that situation. So I would say I became intimate with God. I became mm -hmm. intimate with him. Um, I, I built relationship with him because I knew that my true identity was locked up in him. I knew that who I really was and who I was supposed to become, he had already like laid that out before there was mm -hmm. even a me. So it, a lot of times, and, and this is the one thing that God has taught me along um, my journey, is that a lot of times we look to the wrong thing or the wrong people to validate us and to make us somebody. And, and the thing is, God let me know like, hey, I am your creator. Anytime, anytime you buy a new product, right? Say you bought a new, um, this new gadget, right? If the if you buy the gadget and the gadget does not work the way that you're thinking it's supposed to work, what are you gonna do? You're gonna refer to that manufacturer's um, notebook or that little booklet that they put in there to tell you how it works, right? You're not gonna call a whole nother company that didn't make the product to ask them how is this supposed to work, right? You're not gonna do that. They don't know. They didn't create it. They're not the manufacturer. They didn't put all the pieces together. They didn't put the buttons in place. They don't know. So you're going to refer to the manufacturer. And so when I begin to understand that people didn't make me, I mm -hmm. didn't make myself. My mama's, yeah, she had a little part, but she don't right. know me. <laughs> she yeah. don't know she doesn't know the plan that God has for my life and so when yeah. I when I got to a place of let me get in touch with this man that created me and knows every single thing about me that I don't even know um mm -hmm. let me let me connect with him and let me let him tell me who I am and so when I begin to become intimate with God through prayer and through his word like I remember I would look up scriptures that dealt mainly with just image and, and me mm -hmm. being wonderfully made and I'm the righteousness of God. And, you know, I am his heir. I'm like, what? I'm an heir, like, or I'm, mm -hmm. I'm royalty. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what me, little old me that came from nothing. Like God looks at me as royalty. Um, and I started like saying those things to myself. And even today, it, it's something that I still say to my dad, to myself today, I will look myself in the mirror. And I can remember even back then, 
not believing it, but I knew I should say it. So I just said it, you know, Mm -hmm. but I kept Mm -hmm. saying it until it became a a belief. And I can remember there was this one lady, she's gone on to be with the Lord. Now she, she was my Bishop's um, daughter and she had like this self-esteem that was like out of this world. And she would say (laughs) things, I'm for real. Like, and I loved her for that. And she, the things she said, some of the things she said stuck with me today. Like she used to say stuff like, I look good even on my worst day. And so now I see myself saying that to myself, like, yeah, your hair is all over the place, but you still look good. Like, because I begin to realize (laughs) that beauty was not just like, you know, these lashes and makeup and lips. It's really what you hold on the inside of you. And I think that's Mm -hmm. what God wanted me to see that Sheikah, yeah, like back then, yeah, your hair might not be as long. Yeah, you might got darker skin or your nose might be wider than the next or whatever the case is. But who are you on the inside? And I have made you something beautiful. Like you are the light. You are my light. You are the image of me. And so now, like, I don't mean to say this like vainly, but I'm in love with myself. Like I'm in love with this God in me because Mm -hmm. he just knows how to take your brokenness and this like, just not so pretty parts of you and make it into something so beautiful and I'm gonna be honest when people see me like that's what I want them to see I don't want them to see me from my exterior I want them to see like what I have on the inside um because I know that's what's gonna change their life you know so right that's how I work through that yeah yeah that's so good I mean listen I was like, that's a whole word, Lord, that'll preach. We can just, we can end right there, right? That's so good. But I think, I think even with those of us that are there, that know it, I think we have an issue with articulating it because we still do care how we come off to people, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something I've struggled with, right? I've always been, you know, very reserved in how I present myself. And it's because of kind of my upbringing, how I was raised. My dad was very, you know, he was in the military, he was strict. And what you put out there is a reflection of me and all of those things. But if we look at that from the standpoint of we're a reflection of our spiritual father, we're a reflection of what he, um, has put inside of us, like you said, the plans that he has for us before we knew there wasn't us, before our parents knew there wasn't us, right? And I think that we make our boast in the Lord now, where before it would have came out differently. And so now I'm the same way where, you know, people are like, I don't like how she said that. And I don't like her attitude. And listen, it took me a long time to even be able to say, one thing about what I don't like or what I want to be different. And God has brought me to that place. And so now I will never disrespect him in a way to be like, I'm not going to say what you say, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do what you're telling me to do, Lord. Right. Because ultimately, like you said, is my daddy happy? Is my daddy happy with what I'm doing? You know, my God, mom always says, God takes what you used to be in the world and amplifies it in the kingdom right Mm -hmm. and I just love when she says that because I'm a daddy's girl like to this day people know don't mess with my daddy I love my daddy (laughs) right so but and now I'm like that about God I am I am the same way about God I mean to the 10th 
power than I am about my dad because I'm just like like you said he that's my creator right that is my creator he he every fiber is just thoughtfully placed and just everything about that I mean when you said that like you're not gonna call the manufacturer of a different you're right like that is a great analogy like <laughs> go to the one who created yeah. you go to the one who had all these wonderful thoughts these plans to prosper you and you know all of yeah. these great things for your life go back to that go to that place um so tell us like what you learned from all of it um, well, I will say this, I'm grateful that I went through it. Um, I believe that what we go through in life, sometimes it feels like it's for us, like why I got to go through this pain. And part of it is for us, but it's also for purpose. It's we, we go through these things on purpose because God has a ministry um, or other people um, that we need to impact through our life experiences. And so um, had I not ever gone through the hurt and the pain or whatever, um, I would never be able to encourage other people or other young women. Like, like now I have a passion for young girls um, and especially those that are more like myself, we was more economically challenged and, you know, came from a low income mm -hmm. home. Um, and a lot of times those girls, they find themselves eventually one day and, and I need to do it. I want to do a whole nonprofit organization that really caters to girls like that um, because they have a uh, higher risk of um you know, having more kids out of wedlock and just mm -hmm. doing things that they don't have to do because they don't have that, you know, that encouragement or that extra like enforcement to say, hey, you can do this. You don't have to do that. Um, I think for me, um, the fact that I did have God and my mom brought us up in the church, I had a sense of direction. Um, and so for me, I remember being young and I would look at the odds. Like I would look at, what what are the statistics about girls who uh, grow up in single parent homes? And I can remember going through the list and saying, nope, I'm not going to be that. Nope, I'm not going to do that. Nope, I'm not going to do that. And I, I made a standard for myself. I looked at my mom's life and I said, nope, I'm not going to do that. Nope, I'm not going to do that. So I think mm -hmm. for me, you know, I kind of set standards and I want every young girl, even women, um, to have standards for themselves and know that they can set a standard and, and live by the standard and don't have to accept anything less than that. Um, and so that's the one of the things that I've learned, like have standards for myself. Um, but at the end of the day, depends on God to direct my path and, and, to, and, and to lead me and to guide me. Because at the end of the day, like my life, when you sell out to God, like he, you tell him, you basically are a slave to him to say, mm -hmm. like, do whatever you want to do in my life, you know, and, 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 and as you were stating earlier, a lot of times a pain is a part of that process. Okay. Hurt is a part of that process. People not liking you is a part of his plan. Like, don't think that because they don't like you, that you're not in the will of God, or that's not a part of God's plan. And a lot of times we go through things and I know me, like my, one of my sayings is, I know that ain't the will of God for me. And God be like, oh, but it is. Like you, what do you think? Yeah. Right, right. 
like I'm so quick to say that. Like I'm so quick. Like if yeah. I'm going through something or somebody, I'm like, oh, that is definitely not the will of God for me. And God is like, oh, but it is. Like, yeah, okay. the fact that they don't like you. Oh yeah, that's a part of it. Um, the fact that you got to go through this and go, oh yeah, that's a part of it. And so we all we always want to eliminate pain from our process. And God is like, no, pain is a part of the plan. Pain yes. is a. I had already wrote the plan, and in that plan there was pain, there was trouble. Um, even yes. for Jesus, like there was a whole purpose for Jesus, and pain was a part of the purpose. It is he could have been like, this is not can't be your will, but no. Right. Was, you know <laughs> and, so, and so I think now that I am able to accept okay pain being a part of the process and pain being a part of the plan it's like now okay God I know that I'm right where I'm supposed to be versus me questioning is this God am I in the will of God did I make a wrong decision did I make a bad choice God is like no like you're right where you're supposed to be it's just a part of the plan because I need you to go through this and process this because on the other side of it there are people that need your pain they need to hear the story of your pain because how can you really minister and we hear this all the time how can you really minister to people when you've never been through anything like you can't tell people about overcoming when when you've had it all peaches and cream it's not until Mm -hmm. you've endured pain that you can really um talk about a promise and you can really talk about purpose so you know that's that's kind of how I right and I think when we when we think about ultimately it's for God to get the glory right you need to be able to tell people how I brought you through this you need to be able to tell people that I'm still in the miracle business, that I am doing miracles every day. And all you need to do is be open, trusting, and believing in me, right? And I think that we forget that part. Absolutely. Ultimately, everything that we're going through is to ultimately give God all the glory because none of it, like you said, none of it is possible without him nothing and and i will say this too one thing i think we tend to forget right like like for instance when you write a plan right and i mean like a good plan you've mapped out everything right you've mapped it all out and that's the way that god has mapped our lives out right so the thing that i love about god is that when we come to these moments of pain right They were already written in the plan before we got there. And Mm -hmm. so God is like, when you got to this place, my grace was there waiting for you. Mm -hmm. My love was there Mm -hmm. waiting Mm -hmm. for you. My strength was there waiting for you. Like this place that you're in, this is not a surprise to me. It's a surprise to you. But it's not a surprise to me. I knew it before your beginning that you were going to be in this very moment. But I made everything that you needed in that moment available to you. And I think we we think that, okay, God, where are you? Are you going to show up right now? God is like, I've already been there and done that. Like, I'm I'm way ahead of you. There are some other places and some other pain and purposes that you're going to get to. And when you get there, I've already prepared grace, love, mercy, or whatever you need in that place. And so when I start thinking about you know, uh, just the process. And even like God took me back to Job and like all of the pain that Job, you know, went through. The one thing that we have to realize, like even with Job, God asked the enemy, have you considered my servant Job? Job was an upright man, shunned evil. And so now when Mm -hmm. I go through struggles or pain, 
it's like, I feel like God is saying, I considered you. Like, you should be grateful that you're going through this pain because I considered you because I knew that you had what, what you needed inside of you to not curse me. I knew that you had what was inside of you to trust me even the more and to have even more faith in me. So be grateful, even in your moment of sadness, pain, disappointment, know that my grace is sufficient for you. And I consider you like I could have chose anybody to get this to and this could have been a testimony for them, but I don't let it be a testimony for you. And so in that, give me thanks. And so now when I look at things like, it, and it's kind of crazy, I'm telling you, like, it's crazy because like my, my flesh mind is like, really, you want me to be happy in this? This is right. nothing to be happy about. But when I think about like the glory that you are going to get out of my life because of my yes, because you considered me, I guess God, I'm grateful, you know. And I and I even think about Jesus, like you know, had not Jesus gone through the pain, like we were all like our 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 sentence, all of our sentence would have been death eternal mm -hmm. death you know mm -hmm. so yeah he, he had to go through pain be whipped and all of that but it was a reward um not not just for him but for all of us that now we can mm -hmm. have eternal life so it's like okay god you know like i guess i'm i'm you picked me you picked me okay you picked me so right. i'll go through it you know yes yes i think that is so amazing so amazing um when you talk about your perception and how you're looking at what you're going through right and we talked about this on our prayer call last night um my church the women at church have a prayer call on tuesdays and you know one of my sisters said it's something about christians when they are going through and they say things like i'm hurting but i see god in this right because that means that you you are trusting that you're here, Lord, and I see you. I don't know what you're doing yet, but I'm going to trust that on the other side of this, I'm going to be okay because you're on the other side of this too, right? Um, just so powerful, so powerful. And I think that's a great place for us to wrap. I want to um, ask you to tell people where they can find you. Um, also, I want to show off this beautiful shirt. P -P -P. And we didn't plan it. We didn't plan it. We, we did not plan it, but it is. It says just the girl with a prayer plan and process. Yes. Tell everyone how they can follow you, how they can connect with you, um, because you have amazing things going on. So tell everyone how to get in touch with you. So I'm everywhere, okay? <laughs> like everywhere. So um, <laughs> if you want to follow my music, um, it's I am so Sheika um, on Instagram. I am so Sheika on Facebook, um, YouTube's I am so Sheika. Or if you just type in so Sheika YouTube, you'll find me. Um, as far as the shirt that you saw, um, that's from my my clothing brand called Royal Oil. Um, it's RoyalOilFashion.com. Um, it's Royal Oil Fashion on Instagram as well as well as on Facebook, Royal Oil Fashion. And then um, I also do graphic design and consulting. That's Untouchable Design consulting um and it's udzconsulting.com so um you can pretty much find me somewhere <laughs> between um instagram uh youtube facebook i'm on tiktok i do do a lot of uh tiktoks with my music lately i'm just getting into it but um 
Yeah, that's that's kind of where uh, you can find me. Yes, and I will tag all of those in the um, link for the podcast. But I okay. also want to mention that um, so many people have said, I love your logo. I love your graphic. It's so beautiful. And Tashika <laughs> did that for me. I came to her and said, sis, this is what I'm thinking about. And you made it happen. It was just such a seamless, flawless process. And, you know, being a creative how I am, it's important to work with people who get it because in my head, it makes sense, right? <laughs> but I don't know if it's going to come out right. So I just have to do it. And that was so amazing. I mean, we get compliments. I get compliments about that, that graphic Aww. all the time. So thank and you. That, that so was you much. though. Like, you know, I, <laughs> I tell people all the time, like, I love, like you were so easy because you knew what you wanted. And I love when people knew, know what they want. I love when they let me be creative too, but when you know what you want, it just makes it a lot easier for me. And, you know, just to know that I got to be a part of something that embodies you, because at the end of the day, like that's, that's you like this is your brand this is you know you and um just to have a part be a part yeah. of that like, was very just inspiring so thank you for letting me assist with that for sure of course of course so last question um who's a woman that you think should be on a podcast who has inspired you who abides in Christ who has is on this journey with us right because this is an everyday journey so who would you say I should you know have on the podcast so, oh my God, I have a lot of women that I absolutely adore, but I will tell you the one woman, um, aside from my mother, because my mother is very inspirational as well, oh, but my sister, good. I have a big sister, like, when I tell you the woman that I am today is she and and I met her when I was 18, but when I tell you she has kicked me in my back um, like to know it and has believed in me when I didn't believe in myself who has like and when I say believed in me not just it's easy to believe in somebody and just say you believe in them but right. she has spent money on me she has mm -hmm. cried with me she has prayed with me um in moments when I have been down she's like oh no like she has showed up on me like this woman I, and she's amazing has an amazing journey an amazing story too of God's healing um we have to be my big sister her name is Karen Jenkins I absolutely admire her she is a, I call her too. She's like a jack of all trades, like can do any and everything. She can do everything, <laughs> but, uh, but I'm very creative and um, she inspires me because uh, just through her, she deals with a lot of health um, issues, but even in that, like just to see how God shows up so strong um, in her life, in her attitude, like it's just so amazing to me. So that was, that's probably who I'm, uh, I would say you definitely need okay. to get Okay. Well, you're going to need to make that connection I would do that. I <laughs> because would do you that. know, I'm all about hearing about women <laughs> who have gone through some, I mean, I could do this forever. I don't know yes. why, like, I don't even know why I didn't do it sooner because I have just been enjoying just fellowshipping with women of, of faith who have just been like, it ain't always easy, but I'm doing right. it right. Like, and that's yes. how we have to just keep moving forward. So she could thank you so much. I oh, love you. Love, and I can't I wait you. to see you next month. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait either. <laughs> Bye. Bye, hon.